John 4 and 23. But the hour cometh and now is. Everybody say it now is. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. Everybody say in spirit. And in truth. Everybody say truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Did you know God's looking for some people that will worship him? You may say, where do I fit in in the kingdom? I'll tell you where God's got openings right now. He's looking for some more worshipers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said God is a spirit. Everybody say he is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. The Father is seeking worshipers. Amen. I want to preach for a little while. Worship time. Amen. Worship time. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord all across the house. Amen. Begin to cry out to him. I need you, Jesus. I got to have you. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Come on, lift up your octane level. Hallelujah. Come on, is there anybody that wants to be a true worshiper? Hallelujah, it's worship time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, he's been good to me. Hallelujah, is that your story? God's been good. Is that your testimony? God's been good. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I'm going to simply preach. Everybody say worship time. Say you may be a little bit late. No, I'm not late. I'm right on time. Hallelujah. Everybody say worship time. The Lord's been dealing with me about this for several weeks now, and I've been reading and writing stuff down and thinking about it and Come to me this afternoon. The Lord dealt with me. You need to get up there and preach that what I've been working on you about. <laughs> Amen. So here we are. Praise God. Praise God. God's looking for some worshipers. Yeah. Hallelujah. I said God's looking for some worshipers. Yeah. He's not looking for pretty boys or pretty girls. He's looking for worshipers. <laughs> Man, he's not looking for sophistication. He's not looking for programs. He's not looking for smoke and lights. He's looking for true worshipers. Hallelujah. Anybody want to sign up tonight? Anybody want to sign up to be a true worshiper? Hallelujah. All right, you're going to have to hang with me if you sign up. The essence of the very first commandment in the Big Ten is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. The very first commandment is you got to worship God and you got to get rid of every other God 
that wants your time, that wants your money. Come on, can I preach to you a little while? Amen. One of the last commandments in Revelation 22 and 9 simply says, worship God. From the beginning to the ending, you got to worship God. Hallelujah, I'm going <laughs> to. So I don't think it takes all that well. Maybe it don't take all that. What if it does? What if this word of God is right? Hey, God don't want dead church. The spirit don't bring death. The spirit brings life. He said, I come to give you life and to give it to you more abundant. Amen. During the days of David, he was a worshiper. Amen. He was a praiser. In Amos, the ninth chapter, there was a prophecy. This was out of the mouth of Amos from the word of God. He said, in that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen. Praise God. God said, I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David. I'm going to close up the breaches thereof and I will raise up his ruins and I will build it as in the days of old. Amen. Let me tell you about the church that David pastored. It wasn't a dead church. It wasn't a quiet church. It wasn't a sophisticated church. It was a church that was on fire for God. Let me tell you what kind of people went to David's church. They were people that didn't care who was looking at them, what they thought. They were going to worship God if nobody else worshiped God. They were going to run the aisles if nobody run the aisles. They were going to jump up and down if nobody jumped up and down. David's tabernacle was a praising church. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, let me tell you about David's church. It's described in 1 Chronicles, the 15th and the 16th chapter describe this place. David sets up a tent. And then they go get the Ark of the Covenant. And they bring it back and they set it under this tent. And all of a sudden, uh, people start singing. People get instruments and start playing them. Other people that can't sing just start shouting out. That's me. Woo! Hallelujah! Hey, in David's tabernacle, everybody joined in. It wasn't the precious few. It was everybody got to go to church. Everybody got to participate in David's church. And God said, I'm going to raise it back up. Come on. Church was never intended for one person to do all the praising. It wasn't ever intended for one man to say all the hallelujahs. It wasn't intended for nine people to do all the singing. It wasn't intended for three instruments to make all the music. 
say no to dead church. Just say no to low octane boring church. Get on fire for God. Join the church of David. Join David's tabernacle where everybody gets to get involved. Man, I, one thing I love about David's church, he's shouting, he's leaping, he's dancing. They're doing all kinds of wild things. But the focus is always on that Ark of the Covenant. Feel like I hit a roadblock all of a sudden. They were dancing. They were singing. They were playing instruments. But there was one thing they were focused on. There was one thing that was bringing joy to them that made them want to. The presence of God is in our midst. And it was so powerful. Come on, somebody needs to help me right now. Hallelujah. The tabernacle of David was not Maverick City music. It was the tabernacle of David uh, where they saw that ark coming. Uh, amen. And they remembered the miracles that happened uh, when the presence of God was in there. And they saw it and they couldn't contain themselves thinking there ain't no telling what church is going to be like tonight. The ark is coming back. The presence of God is. And they worshiped. They worshiped. The fact that God was in their presence. God forbid church would ever become something that praises men's talents. Oh, well, that guy can really do it. It ain't about a guy, my friend. It ain't about a musician, my friend. It ain't about somebody's ability to preach, my friend. This ain't about nobody's ability to sing. This is about the fact that the presence of God is in the house. And when it's in the house, it ought to make something rise up in you. Hey, we're thankful. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I don't, I don't know eschatology. Some of y'all don't even know what that means, so that makes me feel good. It's about the study of the end time. And that's not my uh, forte. It's not my expertise. The Bible said, I'm going to raise up again the tabernacle of David. 
I don't know if that was a typology, but I'm pretty sure he was meaning when I pour out the Holy Ghost. When I pour out the Holy Ghost on my people, when I start my New Testament church, this is how I want them to be. God said, I'm going to rise, make it rise again, David's tabernacle. I mean, that tells me I got a little logic that God says that's the kind of church that I like. I've been watching y'all have church since you came across the Red Sea. Amen. I got excited for a little bit when Miriam got her tambourine and started shouting. But since then, y'all been having dead church. Amen. But when David came along, there was something different in him. David realized it wasn't about sacraments. It wasn't about going through the motion. It wasn't about taking communion every Sunday, y'all. It wasn't about going through a program. But there was something more. David understood it was about me. And I'm going to raise up the tabernacle when I start my church. It's going to be like David had church. Tell you something. If David's tabernacle worshiped the fact that God was in their presence, if I could take you to the New Testament where it says you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that ought to create the same response in you as the Ark of the Covenant did in David's time. They were worshiping the fact God's presence is here. You know what? If you got the Holy Ghost in on it, it ought to make you do something. It ought to make you shout. It ought... Come on, somebody praise the Lord. Somebody praise the Lord. Somebody praise the Lord. Man, I, the Lord's been dealing with me. It's worship time. It's worship time. Hallelujah. There's a way we're going to have to get there, though. Hallelujah. There's a way that you approach God. Psalmist would write in Psalms 100 Enter into his gates with. Thanksgiving. Everybody say enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Starts with thanksgiving. The Father is seeking worshipers. But if you can't ever walk through the gates with thanksgiving, you'll never make it to become a worshiper.
Y'all going to help me for a little while? You've got to start with thanksgiving. You've got to get an attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness for what God has already done. Praise God. Thankfulness requires that you forget about everything you want right now. Thankfulness requires you forget looking forward at everything you want God to do. And you turn around and look what he's already brought you through. Come on. Come on, we're going to get there. Forget about your trials right now. Forget about your sickness right now. Forget about your broken heart right now. Turn around and look. Look what the Lord has done. Somebody needs to give him some thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm going to teach you how to get there. Thanksgiving requires that you do some probing of your memory. The blessings are deceiving. The Bible said when you walk through his gates, you need to start probing your mind where I was when God got a hold of me. What a miry clay I was in. What a mess I was in when God got a hold of me. What a mixed up human being I was when God got a hold of me. Hey, we can't do this any other way. We got to do it God's way. And if you think you can bypass it and get somewhere without going. This is why people don't like Thanksgiving. Because it goes against your ego. Your ego says I can fix myself anytime, anywhere. But Thanksgiving says no, son. I'm the one that fixed you. Ego says I can make a living all by myself. But Thanksgiving says no, you didn't have two nickels to rub together uh, when you walked through the door. Uh, hey, you need to leave your ego out there uh, and bring your Thanksgiving in here. Come on, somebody shout unto God. Man, the downward spiral of mankind. I know you've read it many times. Romans, the first chapter. The spiral just gets out of control and it gets worse and worse. Ends up in perversion and ends up reprobates and ends up, the Bible says, worthy of death. You know how it began? The Bible tells us in the beginning of the first chapter. It began because they were unthankful. Oh, I feel like preaching. When you become unthankful and you become ungrateful, you're you're in reverse of worship. 
you're in a downward spiral. You better shake yourself. When they're singing songs about giving praise and thanks to God, and you sit there like a knot on a log, uh, it ought to rattle something in your mind. Uh, it ought to shake your being. Uh, hey, I don't want to be like that. Uh, I always want to acknowledge where my blessing come from. Hey, man. It's God. You ever heard of this brother Mark Twain? He said, oh, oh, brother Mark, he said, you can get a mangy old dog off the side of the road with his ribs showing. You can take him home. You can feed him and give him the best of everything. You can make him prosperous. And he won't bite you. And old brother Mark, he said, that's the difference between a dog and a man. Brother Mark, you ain't talking about this man. Come on, you got a message for brother Mark tonight? It ain't us. We ain't going to be that people. We're not going to forget what God's done. We're not going to forget the mess he brought us out of. Come on, somebody needs to love God. Hallelujah. God would establish holy days. Where we get the word holidays, God would establish holy days. The purpose for the holy days is that you would not forget what God did. We're going to let you live in this little booth for a week. Amen. You're going to camp out for a week. Because I want you to remember I brought you out of Egypt. I'm going to bring you out of the promised land, out of your big fancy house. And come down here to the valley and I want you to stay in this tent for a week. No filet mignon. You're going to camp out. Why do you want me to do this, God? Because I want to make sure your mind never forgets you were a stranger in a foreign land. And I put my hand down and I brought you out. I made a way for you. What is this for? Why do we have to do all this? God said, I don't want you to forget. Step down into the Jordan. The Jordan's going to split. It's going to roll back and you're going to go over into the promised land. Amen. You're about to be eating from vineyards you didn't plant. Living in houses you didn't build. Eating honey from honeycombs. You never worked the bees. You're going to be drinking from wells you didn't dig. So this is what I want you to do when I roll this water back. I want you to take 12 stones, one for each tribe, and I want you to build a memorial right there. 
And I wanted to always be there. So when your children are down here fishing and they say, what's all this? When your children are down here swinging and they say, what's all this? I want you to tell them, I rolled back Jordan. I, I don't want the story to die with you. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. I, I want a perpetual generation of people that give thanks for what I've done. I want you to celebrate this on that day, this on that day, this on that day. Why do we got to do all this? Because God wants you to be thankful. He don't ever want you to forget. Amen. I got to hurry up and get started here real fast. The problem with thanks is that it requires an humble position. A place of humility because it makes us acknowledge that somebody else is responsible for our happiness, our blessings. Only, yeah, you do. How happy were you running the streets? How happy were you strung out on drugs? How happy were you bound by nicotine? Praise God. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life right now. Hallelujah. Why are you so happy? Because I remember. I remember how miserable I was. What a mess I was. Nobody believed in me. I didn't believe in my own self. I remember thinking I'm a complete and utter failure. Hallelujah. You know what I like to do? Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord. Take me back. Why would you want to take a trip like that? Why would you want to go down memory lane? Because the Bible said enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And if you don't learn how to look at all that God has done, you'll be a complainer and a griper. You'll walk in and never get nothing out of church. You'll get nothing out of praise and worship. You'll get nothing out of preaching. You'll be consumed with what I ain't got. But when you get consumed with what he's already done, the sky is the limit. Come on, let's love him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said in everything, in everything, 
give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, I'm having a rough go. Well, it's okay. Start thanking God. I don't have any money. Well, don't thank God for the money you ain't got. Start thanking God you got breath in your lungs. Thank God you got a good husband, a good wife, good children. God, you bless me. I woke up in my right mind. Come on, everybody in this building's got something to praise God for. In everything, in every situation. So Thanksgiving ain't just a day on the calendar. It's what you do every day before you get to that altar. When you're pulling in the parking lot to come pray, you ought to be thanking God. When you're walking through the fellowship hall, you ought to be thanking God. By the time you get in here, you ought to be in the spirit. Hallelujah. Okay. Anybody still want to be a worshiper? Everybody still signed up? So Thanksgiving is acknowledging what God has done. And then praise is acknowledging who God is. Praise is not a feeling. Praise is not an attitude. Praise is an expression. You are expressing the fact that God truly is everything he says he is. You know what praise is? It's a great big amen with your hands or your mouth or your feet or your something. It's an amen that God really is what he says he is. Okay. Two things that praise are not. Everybody say these two things are not praise. Quiet and motionless. from your heart I believe that book I believe God is on the throne I believe God is who he says he is I'm gonna praise him in the sanctuary come on This is why when somebody begins to preach the oneness of God, I can't sit still. When I hear somebody say, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending 
wish was dead. And I'm alive forevermore. Something happens in my hands. Something happens in my feet. Something happens in my soul. I gotta express it. You are Praise is something that should be done with your mouth. Bible said, my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. Psalms 43 said, he hath put a new song in my mouth. Hey, if you don't ever open your mouth... Well, I just, I'm really not that kind. Well, I'm really not either. I was the shyest one in my class. But I got the Holy Ghost now. And I got some truth in my spirit. And when I hear truth... If I'm sitting in my recliner uh, and I open up my Bible and I begin to read the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I can sit on my recliner and say, yes, Lord. I go down the road uh, and hear the word of God and it makes me say, yeah. Hang on. He said, I will sing of thy mercies of the Lord forever. He said, with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. He said, not only am I going to praise you, my babies. Here's my baby right here. My babies are going to learn how to praise God. Hey, if it's awkward for your children to praise God, you messed up. It's time to turn a new page and say from this point forward, let them laugh, let them make fun, but I'm going to praise the Lord. Not only should praise be done with your mouth, Praise also ought to be done with instruments. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbre.
is wanting to raise up the tabernacle of David in your life. Not only should praise be with your mouth. Not only should praise be on instruments. But praise ought to be demonstrative. Come on, I don't know where you get all that. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Come on, I just read out of the Bible. God show me where they did that the Bible said and David danced before the Lord with all hey there's sick people at home watching online You need to get up off the couch. Learn how to praise God. Over 200 times in this Bible, the word praise is mentioned. There's like 12 different Hebrew and Greek words that meant praise. It meant everything from kneeling down to bowing down to clapping your hands to lifting your voice to playing on a stringed instrument to dancing. anybody want to be a worshiper? Anybody still signed up? You got to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You got to get your mind right. And then you got to start giving God some praise. Hey, on some people say, "Well, I just, man, I just don't really feel it." 
If I waited till I felt it to praise God. The Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise. Can I change your thinking for a little bit? A sacrifice is when something died. Pride is what keeps people from praising God. I'm afraid somebody's going to look at me. I'm afraid somebody's going to shake me. Uh, afraid somebody's going to pray. I'm afraid God's going to pass you by if you ain't careful. One minute, and we're about to have church. Worship is the apex of the communion between man and God. This is how you got to get there. You got to get a heart of thanksgiving. You enter into his gates. Thank you, Lord. You've been good. With my empty pockets, God, you still been good. You bless me, God. And when you get into his courts, whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it, you start praising him. And when you start praising him, and your heart is right and your spirit is right and your sacrifice is right I want you to answer this question has anybody in this room ever been in praise and they're just praising and they're just kind of focusing on God and all of a sudden they got connected with another world You just entered into a ministry called worship. It ain't all about the bounce. It ain't all about the clap. We got a purpose for what we're doing. I'm trying to enter into the throne room of God. Hey Amen. And when you walk into the throne room, you're going to have the same thought process as Isaiah. Woe is me. When you enter into that secret place, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips in a people. a ministry to God and I got two words it's worship time worship time 
It's time for people to quit just going through the praise motions. Your mind is on Monday. What I got to do and who I got to meet. And I'm just, I'm clapping, I'm singing, I'm stomping, I'm running with them. But I'm somewhere else. You're stuck in praise. But there's something deeper that God's wanting to take his people to. That's why we used to drag people out to their cars. Carried them out drunk in the spirit two hours later. Because they went from thanksgiving to praise into worship. And they were out. and God. 